Hey, this is Zen Perry. Thanks for listening to the Zen Perry Project. I have a few requests of you before we get into the show. First is go to Zen Perry Project, Z-E-N-P-E-R-R-Y Project on Instagram. Give us a follow. Second is make sure you follow and turn on notifications for our episodes wherever you listen to the Zen Perry Project. And third is share the show with somebody. Maybe send them an episode they'd be interested in. Without further ado, here's the show. Thanks for listening. Tell me, I want to hear the story i want i i want this to be recorded record oh no this that one story the story okay so you're you're a case manager you work at getting people back into um rehabilitating into society Mm -hmm. and that's what you do right or that's that's what you did or that's that's you want the Pablo Escobar guy? Is that what you're asking for? You want Pablo Escobar story on yes. camera? Oof, I should have known. Okay. So I had one guy who, when I first met with him, um, he had a uh, diagnosis that involved some symptoms of, that are like commonly associated with like delusions. So like a, a delusions, like when you're not necessarily, like you, like he would be believing things that might not necessarily be true. That was like the diagnosis that he had from the, um, the correctional health services, uh, doctors that had met with him. Uh, so when I met with him, uh, you know, pretty standard stuff. Like we went through all of his needs and uh, stuff that he was going to be like wanting to connect with when he was released into community. And one of the things he said the first time I met him was, Oh, Pablo Escobar which Pablo Escobar is like a pretty famous um, cartel uh, drug lord from back in the day. He was like, Pablo Escobar is my father. And when he said this, we categorized it as a non-bizarre delusion. A bizarre delusion is something that is like not grounded in reality. Like, Like, oh my God, the space aliens are listening to my phone calls and then they're using them to create the new Domino's pizza. Like that's a bizarre delusion. Out of curiosity, how did you, were you able, obviously you're able to fact check this as his father because he was in the system, right? Well, so, I mean, when somebody gets arrested, like you don't have a ton of info about them. Like you, you know who they are. You don't look at their Facebook or anything. No, there's there's not like nobody's doing like background checks on somebody who's incarcerated. Like it's mostly just based on like what they report. And so Okay, uh, so for anybody listening, that's a good thing to know. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um I mean, I guess like it's not impossible that there's like 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 very high profile cases or things where like somebody's family is like important to the case. Like things like that would get probably like vetted and figured out. He mentioned that his father was Pablo Escobar, and we 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 uh, unlike the bizarre delusions of things that are, from our human understanding, quite literally impossible. A non-bizarre delusion is something that could be possible, and so based on this this man's age, and based on the age that Pablo Escobar was when he died, it was technically possible that he could have been Pablo Escobar's son unlikely okay. but possible so we categorized it in our own like assessments and documentation as you know client reported a non-bizarre delusion of believing that pablo escobar was his father and of all of the things i've heard honestly this is not like a super insane thing like um 
cool. Okay. So, you know, months pass. I meet with him every month. We like have check-ins. He's like on medication. Um, he never brings this up again. Um, while he's incarcerated, it just it never happens. I like even remember noting to the treatment team, like, Hey, he, you know, he hasn't mentioned anything about like, he hasn't mentioned Pablo in a bit. Yeah. No, no, no talking about dad. Um, but like from a clinical perspective, like if anything, we would have seen that as a positive. We were like, okay, like the, 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 the medication and treatment regimen is having a positive effect. Yay. Um, so fast forward, you know, a couple months later, I want to say it was like six to eight months after I first met with him. Um, his case was dismissed. A lot of times what happens is like when you're, so the way that like this works is like when you are arrested, you're in jail while your court case is going, if you're not able to pay your bail. And depending on the charge, a lot of times it's like somebody's in jail long enough and the case just like, it keeps like going and going and going. A lot of times they'll be like, okay, like, you know what? Like you've been here longer than the amount of time that we would have like sentenced you to anyway for the crime that you've been accused of possibly doing. So we're just going to drop the charges and say like time served or something like that. Uh, so that's what happened with him. He got released. Um, he came into the office and we like had a check in. We talked about all the things that he was like planning to do. We have like treatment programs lined up. I'm like, okay, you're going to go here tomorrow. Like, make sure you don't forget to, like, grab your meds from the pharmacy. I just called. I know they're there. Um, any other questions or anything you want to talk about? And he's like, no, I'm doing great. Like, appreciate everything. Can't wait to uh, get out there. And then as he was leaving, he turns around, looks back, and he's like, hey, Mike, which no one calls me Mike, but whatever. Um, he looks at me, though, and he's like, he's like, hey, like, you remember who my dad is, right? And at the, at the time I hadn't thought about it in months and I have had, you know, lots of other cases and things that I've like worked with. So I was like, hmm? and he was like, he's like, he's like, I'm going to go see him. And I know he's going to really appreciate everything you've done for me. And I'm just like, okay, well, uh, I'll talk to you later. And it, it, it didn't really like <laughs> it didn't sink in. Um, it did sink in later because the next day we get a call from this, this man's sister and this, the sister calls and is like, Hey, so this, this, uh, individual, my brother or half brother, he, uh, stole my car yesterday and we don't know where he is. It was like, Oh crap. Like that's super bad. Um, we still, we tried to like, call around and find out like has anyone seen him did he go to any of the programs did he pick up the meds like what the fuck's happening like yeah of course like no one saw him no one knows what happened that was it um then uh, a couple days later the i, I guess it would have been like I, I can't remember if that was like a friday and then it was like the next week or like just like later in the week something like that um the sister called back and was like hey so they found him he took he, he stole my car drove all the way to Florida, got in a car accident in Florida, and then got arrested in Florida for driving without a license. And apparently was trying to go, quote unquote, see his dad. And we were just like, oh, no. Of course, like at this point, like I've gone back, reviewed all of my records and notes. And like, sure enough, like the whole Pablo Escobar thing is like right back in the forefront of my mind. I'm like, oh, Jesus, like. I was trying to go find Pablo Escobar, which by the way, Pablo Escobar is not alive anymore. So this is, you know, distressing. Um, 
but yeah, this guy's now arrested in Florida and we're just like, shit. Okay. Like why the fuck did it have to be Florida? Like, but okay. So like, you know, you, you kind of go into like, <laughs> you go in like damage control mode. You're like, all right, what can I, what can I do to, you know, make this, this awful situation better. And so we, we immediately start like trying to like call down to Florida, find out like where he's like in jail. Um, and to like let them know, like, hey, like this man has a serious mental illness diagnosis. Like he, you know, took this car from his sister. Like he may not have been on his medication. Like we don't know exactly what happened, but like we wanted to make sure that that was something that the people involved in the case down there were aware of, because like you know, you somebody somebody with like um, a mental health diagnosis sometimes they're like eligible for. Um, you know, more services, kind of like like what we were doing for him in New York. So we wanted to make sure that if he was arrested in Florida, that he was going to be getting like appropriate treatment in Florida. And when we called, um, they were like, Hey, so yes, he was arrested. However, he was bailed out in Miami. They're like, Oh, who bailed him out? Uh, so we, we, we tried to follow up a bit. And the story that eventually got relayed to us was that his incredibly wealthy father, who was not from the United States, who we don't know the name of, had picked him up, paid the bail in its entirety. Then they Which skipped Which was bail. roughly how much? Uh, God, I have no idea how much it is to... For bail for like a stolen vehicle and driving without a license and probably it's also probably yeah probably not great plus he still had court cases in new york that like like even though they like let him out like he was still like had to go to like court like every month and so like it, okay. it like it could have been seen as like like fleeing the state which is like another crime so like you know as, as soon as you, these things just spiral um okay so he so he he got bailed out he got bailed out in Florida. Okay. He was last sighted on a gigantic yacht, leaving Miami, heading uh, to somewhere in South America. And when I called the sister, the one who like he had stolen the car from and everything like that, and was like, oh, my God, like, did you hear? She's like, yeah, uh, his dad has a lot of money. Uh half sister so it was like it, it wasn't her father um but she's like yeah like his dad has a lot of money and he might be involved in some things and as far as i know i heard that he is like safe and sound in south america now with his father and so the fact that this guy had said his father was pablo escobar and then uh you know bailed out and fled the country from florida on a apparently gigantic yacht it was like oh my god like his dad kind of was pablo escobar maybe not literally but figuratively yeah, enough. Um, oh my god figuratively yeah. yeah um that happened and that was a really weird report to write um so i had to document everything about that and how that happened and we're just like, as far as we know, um, he is no longer in the United States of America and not something that we're able to uh, continue pursuing. He probably doesn't need case management services anymore in, you know, Cuba or wherever he went. 
We don't know for sure. But, yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard to get, to get show up to his court date if he's in South America. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Zen Prey Project. Make sure to follow the Zen Prey Project on Instagram. Leave us a review for any of the episodes that you liked. And consider sharing this with a friend that might be interested in this sort of show. We'll see you next time.